Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Golf Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and today I'm going to be joined by Joel Beal, and we are going to help you get your fantasy golf lineup set. We're going to discuss some of uh, our studs, our duds, our sleepers. Uh, We're going to break down the field for the Wells Fargo Championship this week at Quail Hollow. And uh, again, you know, we guarantee that we will pick your winner. Well, maybe not, but we will give you our best educated guesses at the very least. So uh, first off, we got the Wells Fargo Championship on tap this week. Uh, as, as I said before, this is at Quail Hollow, which will actually host the PGA Championship next year. So this is kind of the final uh, test for guys to, to play this track before it becomes a major uh, venue next year. Um, it's known as one of the longer courses that they play on the PGA Tour. So I'm sure Joel and I will both be giving you some some long hitters in, in our lineups. Uh, it features the so-called Green Mile, the final three holes that uh, are just total beast that averaged uh, uh, three and a half strokes over par last year. So, uh, you know, this is one of the, the bigger non-majors of the year. Um, it's certainly got a big field. We've had a couple dropouts in, in Dustin Johnson and Smiley Kaufman already uh, early in the week, but uh, I think we still have seven in the top 12 in the world. Uh, as players gear up for next week's Players Championship. So first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to Joel now. Joel, who are some of the guys that you are looking at this week? Well, it got to jump off the page for me is Hideki Matsuyama. He hasn't really played well Wells Fargo, at least in his two previous appearances, but you can't pick a fantasy lineup strictly off past success or failure. Um, historically, Quail Hollow has rewarded advantageous play, a trade that definitely applies to Matsuyama. Uh, this year, he leads the tour in birdie average. Now, in case that stat needs some context for our listeners, right behind him are Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, Rory McIlroy, Henrik Stenson, Jason Day, and Ricky Fowler. So all household names. Maybe Matsuyama is not in that echelon of household name, at least no righty yet, but his game is definitely on that same performance plane. Uh, plus, I'm just head over heels with that swing. Uh, Matsuyama is the number one guy I'm going with this week. Okay. Yeah. I, um, um, I think any conversation with this tournament begins with Rory McIlroy. He is a uh, two-time champ, the only two-time champ of this event, which was uh, started in 2003. He won last year with a tournament record uh, of uh, 267 total. He also broke the course record with a 61 in the third round. So he certainly has this uh, track down. Uh, he won his first PGA Tour event here back in 2010. And, um, you know, I think we're all kind of waiting for Rory to show one of these bursts of, of his talent. You know, we saw it a couple years back when he won those three events in a row, including the two majors. And, um, you know, everybody kind of considers him the most talented player in the world. But, you know, we're kind of waiting for him to rack up some of the wins like we're seeing Jason Day do and, and Jordan Spieth last year. So, um, you know, am I crazy to think that this is the week that he, he finally breaks through again? I think not only this week, but he actually, his, his schedule definitely steps up in the next month. He's playing the players after this. Um, it's it's weird. He really didn't have a bad year last year, per se. It's just after what Jordan Spieth did and then how Jason Day finished the year and how he's carried over that play, McElroy's kind of definitely been a distant third out of that group. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like, we, we've seen it before, but coupled with his kind of his third-round disaster at Augusta, McElroy, it's kind of time to step up at this point. At least he still wants to be considered in that, in that top echelon of guys on tour. So, yeah, I think you're definitely right in that assessment. Another guy uh, who, who's played great here, although he's never won, is Phil Mickelson. He's another guy I'm, I'm going to ride this week. Uh, he actually came up short to McElroy in 2010 um, in a close call. He also uh, he has eight top tens here in 12 years, uh, 10 times in the top 12. 
So, you know, certainly this is one of the courses that, that suits his eye. Um, he's been playing great this year, although, you know, his schedule, he hasn't played that much since the Masters, but got off to a great start with those three early top fives in the season. Um, so he, he'd be my number two guy. Who, who's number two for you this week? Well, before you go there, I wanted to ask you a quick question sure. for Phil. Looking forward, do you think Ryder Cup time, is Phil at Hazeltine as an assistant captain or a player? I think he's definitely going to be a player. I'm I, with you. I, I think it's not only necessarily – I think he might just straight qualify yeah. at this point, but he's getting so close that, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the L3 is going to pull the trigger on him. Yeah, I, I don't know how you can leave him off with, with the um, the passion that he showed at the President's Cup last year, and not only the passion but the play. I mean, he was holding shots from everywhere in South Korea. He was really the the MVP of, of the U.S. squad. And, uh, you know, yeah, he's – I don't know if he's going to qualify. Uh, he Certainly a big showing at an event like this would help. But I think that even if he's – you know, last year he wasn't even close to that top ten. He still got picked. So um, as long as he wants to play and, uh, you know, he's mid-40s, he's 45. I guess he'll be 46 by the time that rolls around. He, I, I, I don't see any way he's not going to be on that team. I'm with you. And before yeah. I cut you off, uh, my number two guy who also speaks to that passion and play you just brought up with Phil – be Patrick Reed hmm. um, really hasn't done anything of merit at Charlotte in at least the three previous outings. I think his best finish is a tie for 32nd. Uh, but I'm going with Reed for two reasons. He leads the tour in top 10 finishes, really highlighted by four in the past five tournaments finished in the top 10. Uh, his strokes to green, I know it's not the most precise measurement, at least in terms of sack where he's out there, but the way Reed plays, he's one of the best iron hitters on tour, and it shows here he's 13th in stroke, <laughs> strokes T to green. Um, which, again, is a really testament to how he's playing this year. But, you know, the real reason I'm going with Reed is, for our listeners out there, Alex and I are on a fantasy team together, and Reed was our first pick. He's the foundation. Go. Yep. After a after sluggish start to the year, we, we've had a mid, mid-season form. We, we are catching up on the rest of the league. I, I have to go with my heart here. Reed has to be part part of the picks here. And, I, honestly, probably going forward every week, Reed will be involved in some capacity. Now, Of course, now I brought this up, uh, probably curses. So, you know, let's just bask in this glory. While, yeah, yeah, while thanks, thanks, Joel. No, no, you're right. Masters of None, which is our team, we're, we're on a roll right now. So it's another reason to listen to us. Uh, we're not just, uh, you know, making this stuff up here. But uh, As far Reed, as you know. As far as you know, right. But, uh, yeah, Reed, all those top tens, it, it's almost surprising that he hasn't won yet um, this year. But uh, certainly – he he's one of the he's evolved into one of the most consistent players on tour and yeah we were happy to pick him with uh, what was that the eighth pick mm-hmm. in the first yeah. round and um, you know we, of course when we we picked this uh, he kind of hit a, a little bit of a lull but uh, he he hopefully he's going to start rounding back into form and um, another guy who's on our team who I'm going to go with as my next pick is Webb Simpson and hopefully he's going to start to round into form uh, he actually does not have a top ten this season and so that's he's been very disappointing i think we picked him in in the third round but but this is one of the events that he has excelled at he was a runner-up last year uh, albeit a very distant runner-up to rory mcelroy but he was a runner-up last year uh he was the 54 hole leader in 2012 and he is a north carolina boy he is a member at quail hollow he lives about a mile from the clubhouse this is a home game for him and webb we're, we're masters of none we're really looking at you to kind of jumpstart your year uh, at this event, now, you mentioned you. Know, he, he's he's a Quail Hollow guy, not just here, but across the tour landscape. We tend to look at guys who are you know playing in their backyards, having an advantage over the rest of the field. You know, which I get the course familiarity, be, being able to stay in your own bed. 
But do you think because of like the amplified off the course commitments and obligations you have at tournaments like this, as well as the pressure of you know, performing in front of the hometown crowd, do sometimes these ne- negatives outweigh the positives you think for these guys? It, you know, it definitely can. I think it depends with the player. Obviously, in Webb's case, he's he's handled it pretty well. Uh, so I, I don't have those concerns with him. You know, I think at this point he went to college at Wake Forest, my alma mater, shout out to the Deeks. Um, he went there. He's been playing in front of the home crowd in North Carolina for years and years. I think he's gotten used to this. Uh, pretty sure he got a sponsor's exemption when he was in college to play in this event. I know Bill Haas, another Wake Forest guy, did. So these guys have been coming back here. Over and over again. Yes, I, I mentioned those those guys a lot. You, you'll hear me mention those. Yeah, the Vegas over and under for you bring Bill Haas is a five-minute mark. I'm not sure yeah, where we are on that. But. Exactly. Um, so, no, I, I'm not, not worried about that. If anything, I, I, I think it helps him. Um, and um, uh, let's let's each give our last stud. I'm, I'm going to go with for my fourth guy on my PGA Tour fantasy lineup this week. I'm going with Jamie Lovemark. He uh, obviously just came off a close call in New Orleans. Um, came up just short, literally, with a birdie putt for the win on the final hole, lost in the playoff um, to uh, Brian Stewart. But uh, he's been playing great this year. He has five top tens. Uh, he was a former NCAA champ. It kind of took him a while to you know, get his footing on the Pro Tours, but he's playing great. And um, with, we mentioned the length of this course. I, I saw a stat. He's actually ranks number two on tour in scoring average on par fours of 450 yards plus. So there's Ooh, there's some knowledge there. He actually plays them to an even 4.0, if you can imagine, for the season. So that that kind of game will, will certainly help him this week. I'm with you. I think Quill Hollow is very conducive to this game, as well as another long hitter, and that's J.B. Holmes. Mm. I think Holmes is going to be a popular pick on yeah. different fantasy formats just because he won here before. And that track record, you know, we shouldn't dismiss that. But to me, the reason Holmes is the guy we have to go to is he's been one of the more consistent guys on tour this year. Six top ten. I'm sorry, six top fifteen finishes in the last eight starts, including wow. a very under the radar fourth place finish at, at Augusta. Mm. Uh, Quill Hollow, just over 7,400 yards, which I think plays right into long hitter hands like Holmes. Yeah, I think Holmes is the guy you you need to put in your lineup this week. Yeah. All right. Um, who you got for your dud of the week? Dud. It's got to be Adam Scott, mm. which he's playing really well this year. It's funny, I think a lot of us looked at him as this could be a year where it just goes off, off the map with, with the change to the par, but he, he's really stepped up in this game. Unfortunately, I know he hasn't played this tournament with the regularity, but he, he just hasn't performed here when he ha- has come to Quail Hollow. He's, he's a big name, which I know people will pick up just for the name recognition. He has played well this year again, but it's just there's too many bad vibes. I'm st- sticking away from Scott. Yeah, I'll pick another big name, uh, big hitter, top 10 guy, Henrik Stenson. Another guy who you would kind of expect to, to play well here. Uh, he's played here five times. He's missed the cut three times. I think his best finish is a T-58, something like that. So certainly not what you're used to seeing. Again, with, with these duds, you know, we're not saying necessarily they're, they're going to miss the cut again, but we're saying, look, these are guys that a lot of people are going to pick, and they don't give you the best value. So, you know, if there's a way to separate yourself from your pack, from your league, from whoever you're playing against, maybe you don't pick these big names this week. Because based on their track record, this isn't an event that they're going to excel at. So, again, those are our studs. Those are our duds. And um, now give, give me a sleeper, Joel. Well, you know, it, it's weird to call him a sleeper because he was rookie of the year last year. But I think Daniel Berger, is, he's in a very solid sophomore mm-hmm. campaign. Um, really, if you discount the match play event, which he had that wrist injury, he, he's played very well this spring. Uh, finished 11th at Valspar, 5th at Houston, uh, 10th at Augusta. You know, okay week last year at uh, New Orleans, at finishing 20th. 
Um, if you look at his you know, ancillary stats, the, the driving and ball striking numbers really don't pop out on the page, but he's just a very sound, solid player. He definitely has a short game to do well at Coyle Hollow. Um, played okay at, at Wells Fargo last year. I think finished 28th, but I think he's a guy who is just a very consistent, that second, third tier type of names who you can plug in and forget about, and he's, he'll give you a top 15, top 20 finish. Yeah. Um, my sleeper is a guy who actually finished tied for second last year in this event, but you probably forgot because Rory McIlroy won by seven shots. But Patrick Rogers, he was playing on a sponsor's exemption. Uh, he was a great player at Stanford. He actually tied Tiger Woods' school record for victories there with 11. Um, he's had some success on the PGA Tour. Uh, he, he hasn't really had that breakthrough uh, event yet, but but obviously, as he proved last year, uh, you know this is a course that he really likes. And again, I think you're just getting pretty good value picking him this week. I don't think a lot of people are picking him. So yeah, that would be my sleeper. Now, speaking of sponsored exemptions, two big ones this week. You know, the big one, I should say, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Um, he played you know very well in his, in his you know, obviously the abbreviated oh, yeah. appearances so far. But um, not only this week, but what do you what do you kind of like his forecast for the rest of the summer? Well, I've been very clear. I'm a big big Bryson DeChambeau fan. I'm I'm a deliver. I came up with his own uh, fan club. Of course, the minute I said that, he missed the cut uh, his next week. But he did finish T4 in his pro debut at Hilton Head. That is very impressive. That week, he led the field in strokes gained T to green. So we know he can hit it. Um, you know, it's just a matter of the putter coming around. Obviously, there's some concerns with his chipping with the way. He, kind of has a really high angle approach to some of his chips kind of like his his uh his regular swing but um certainly he's a guy from tee to green who can you know play with anyone right now and I, my forecast is that he's going to win this year wow. i mean i think you know he's motivated to get his pga tour card it's not like you can just go to q school and get your pga tour card anymore he doesn't want to spend a whole year on the web.com tour next year he wants to get this done now um, there have not been many players, Tiger and Phil are on the short list of guys who have earned their PGA Tour card through sponsors exemptions, but uh, Bryson's trying to do that. I believe he has six more. Um, obviously, if he has any more top tens, that doesn't he gets into the next week. That doesn't count against that. But so anyway, he's got six more sponsors exemption. He's going to take them all very seriously, and um, I see no reason why. You know, I treat him like a pro already. He's been playing like he's a pro since he dropped out of school in the fall. Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go as far as forecasting a win, but I do think you treat him like a top 35, top 40 player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and now some different fantasy leagues treat amateurs in, in different aspects, but if he's available, I, I think you have to make sure he's plugged into your lineup every week, at least every week he's playing. Yeah, I mean, he's a, if we go back to our, our draft, we you know, I wish we had kind of taken a flyer on him early. He went pretty high, though. He did. I, mean, I, people, think, I think people are a little bit yeah. too, they were a little too enticing. I think we yeah. did okay. Leaving the yeah. But um, all right. Well, anyway, there you have it for our picks for this week. I want to thank Joel uh, for for joining us, and uh, we we want to wish you good luck with uh, whatever league you're in. Oh, sorry, one quick thing. So, who's your one and done pick for the week, Joel? Yes, one and done, Jason Kokrak, who does you know play out of Charlotte. Um, missed missed the cut last uh, at the excuse me at the Texas Open, but he did finish sixth at Harbor Town. Right. Um, big hitter like Holmes. And, you know, as we mentioned, this is. Most most courses on tour nowadays cater to the long hitters, but especially Quail Hollow. And, you know, he's got the Cincinnati connection with Xavier University guys, so got to get that Cincinnati you, connection. You had to get the Cincinnati connection, to. of course. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with J.B. Holmes, who I thought you were going to go with, but I'm, I'm going to go with J.B. Um, again, the underrated consistency, playing great golf, has won here before. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's my guy this week. But, again, 
he's not on the Masters of None. So if, if exactly. you know, Patrick Reed gets it done, I won't be too upset. So, all right. Anyway, guys, there you have it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Good luck to all of you. And uh, please check back next week to see who our picks are for the Players' Championship.